Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Everyone out there, this is Discomfort Food. I am one of your hosts, Al. I'm Zuri. And we're going to get Zuri a cup of coffee. <laughs> we start Zuri every episode with a cup of coffee. <laughs> 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 um, uh, this episode, uh, you know, we're not going to you know bring any articles this is just a healthy discussion a, 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 a great entree we have lined up for you just a reminder um sound munchies we have the contest going right now the bars contest you vote on zuri or al hashtag bars um please please vote for me <laughs> um <laughs> um Sorry, I just you, doesn't want to run. Anything you, I don't. I really don't. <laughs> I had somebody told me they were really like thinking about voting for you, and I was like a little sad. And I was <laughs> hoping I don't have to run. Um, anyways, today we uh, we got a, a wonderful guest for everyone out there to uh, really take part in this discussion. Um, um, we have a a libertarian, um, and um, I actually thought. This uh, this brother here was was a black Republican and and um, you know the only black Republicans I know of I have one that I knew from school and then there's the people that are on um, you know Trump's uh, tours and so he clarified for us real quick that he's a libertarian and I think um, I'm not really sure what that what that what that is Zaria I'm I'm not as I'm not as familiar what are you, are you familiar with that. Um, yeah, well, when I was actually, when I was introduced, um, to, I guess you would call it libertarianism. Is it an ism? I don't know. Um, but when I was introduced to the Libertarian Party, I had to read a book called The Ten Things You Can't Say in America. It was a by, by a black guy named Larry Elder, who's actually a libertarian. I know a guy named Jack Elder. (laughs) Pretty funny dude. Um... (laughs) But uh, anyways, this guy's a, a really good brother, bright brother, and um, uh, definitely enjoy conversations with him. Um, I think we we both enjoy Zuri, those conversations that challenge us, challenge us, you know, to to think past our our um, our comfort zone and to um, you know think something other than what we're familiar with. So um, um, this brother Jeremy is a. Uh, um, that I met in college, and um, he's a stand-up dude, a good dude, and always has been a good dude, um, and um, I wanted to just uh, bring him on the show, um, he, and so, uh, Jeremy, say yes, hello sir. to the people. <clears throat> hello, everybody, and thanks for having me on your show. I'm always excited to, uh, you know, have these debates. I mean, I feel like... Uh, a lot of people debates discussions about you know politics and business and just uh, what's going on in our lives yeah I mean thank you for coming on um, mm-hmm. you know you mentioned you mentioned business and uh, politics and things like that would you um, give us you tell us a little bit about yourself sure so I've uh, been an entrepreneur now about 10 years I own a uh, marketing and web development company uh, we actually uh, specialize in e-commerce and actually political campaigns. We work on a great deal of them. 
Uh, and then typically we're helping them in the capacity of their online messaging and a lot of their uh, analytics online and targeting <clears throat> using different digital platforms. Wow. All right. Now let me ask you this. Does, it, which, does your uh, company, um, I guess, do business with any sole kind of, you know, any pro- one party in general or is whoever's got the money can? Um, so kind of that's always been my thing, right, is I work with both parties um, because as we'll kind of get into it, uh, the thing is I feel like most people are, are some form of in the middle or independent and a libertarian really is actually that. Um, However, so with that, because there are things I agree with on both sides, or even there's things, kind of in my case, where I feel like one party's better at uh, local government, and I think another party tends to be better for national government. So, um, but, I mean, business is business, and so I, when I do vote, I try to vote based off of the individual. And so I may not agree with some of the things some of my clients are advocating for, but if I like them as an individual, I mean, it's still business. And my job is to be there to help them to win. So, you know. But I think I have a unique advantage. Um, One, because I am a minority, I I can understand the perspective of minorities, uh, but also because I understand um, the priorities of both parties. And so when I need to have the voicing or use the voicing for a particular party, I think I'm able to flip back and forth, you know, and convey the necessary messages. Cool. All right. So, you know, uh, where'd you grow up? So I grew up in Richmond. Well, actually, outside of it, I grew up in Mechanicsville, technically. Uh, Went to school in Richmond. I went to a school called Benedictine. It's a military high school. Um, It was... uh, little bit of a culture shock when I first went there because I was on school of 500 of us only about 50 of us there were African-American it was all boy yeah so it was unique right yeah but you know what it kind of taught me because I had gone to predominantly black schools prior to that and then I got here it was a culture shock I was like wow just things that people were into I'd never heard of seen and my freshman year was pretty, you know, different. And then, you know, the thing about it was by our sophomore and junior year, nobody, you know, nobody cared about what you looked like. You know, everybody was friends. Yeah. And we're still, you know, a lot of those individuals are thinking of actually, now I'm thinking about it, my 20th high school reunion will be coming up I this know, year. I know, I <laughs> know. Good wait. grief. I know. Zuri, so, Zuri, right. Zuri, 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 Zuri. <laughs> I have a long way to go. It's yeah. scary, yo. It's so scary to be like, man, 20 years ago, I was starting college. But, it, you know, and it's like, so it'll be great to see everybody and see what they're up to. So I'm kind of excited about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you, though. I'm with you. I'm excited. Right. I'm just, when you work with someone as young as Zuri, she right. reminds you that I wasn't, she always says, oh, I wasn't born then. Right. Right. I find it a lot when I'm like trying to talk about historical things. Like, hey, you remember when there was two Germanies? Or like, you, you know what I mean? Remember when the German, there was the German, the other German team in the Olympics? And people were like, what? Like, yeah, it used to be two Germanies. <laughs> Right. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. That, like when yeah. you think about that, right? Yeah, it's like right. you know, it's, no, it's crazy. Things, it's little things like that. And the East Germans used to look oh, crazy. Wow. <laughs> they used to I look so crazy, like oh, tough guys. 
Yeah. Oh man, damn, you made me feel old. Man, but no. <laughs> Sorry, you don't know he talk about this. I know there was a wall right. that came down. <laughs> right. I think when did it come? What year did it, it come? Eighty eight. Oh, that's the year I was born. Yeah. So, no, I wouldn't remember. Yep. <laughs> eighty eight. Pretty sure in eighty eight. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. A lot All of right. stuff happened in eighty eight. Yeah. 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 Whole lot. Yes. All right, all right, so let's, let's move on because people are sure. like, they old. Um, 89, it came down. Um, so, I mean, that gives you a, a, a unique perspective right there going to a high school like that because, like, you know, sure. you grew up in, like, you know, elementary school and thing, but high school, you have a, a perspective of the world enough to kind of, you know, identify things in terms of beliefs and... and well, so I talk to some people who are a lot younger than us oftentimes, and I feel like one of the challenges um, that occurs is, I think from their perspective, they didn't see the same America we saw, right? No. In the formative years. So I think for them in their formative years, what a lot of younger people recognize was the Great Recession. So they never saw this America that was so much wealthier than the rest of the world that, you know, it wasn't even close. And I think for us, it's like, so we saw the 80s, and yes, there was a lot of issues happening in certain communities, but there was a lot of wealth created in the 80s in America. Yes. I mean, we had 88 cent gas prices. That's like the biggest memory I ever had when the octane was the same as the price. You know what I mean? Right. Then we had the 90s come with the internet, and it was all these people getting rich. You had the stock market. Then you had the housing. I mean, so it was just like, for us, it was just riches on top of riches on top of riches in America and it was like this was the only place that had all this extreme wealth being created and so I guess well from my vantage point I grew up seeing in America where I'm like man no other country is even close to us in regards to the economy the military and anything and so the recession is just hey this was a blip and now we're about to be back there so, Do you believe that? that absolutely. I mean, there's some news that came out today, right? And I, I have a group of friends. We text about various things. And so they're now, they now made it to where it's illegal to ban sports betting right. in all 50 states. So right. now you got... Well, it's illegal? It was illegal. It it's was, illegal to ban it. But, okay, but it, it, states can make. Well, I thought it. Yeah. I states, thought states what right. happens. Yes, states rights. States can make it. Yeah, states, 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 states 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 so, so now we're getting into libertarian principles 101 right here, right? But so you got three main drivers of, of just change that has occurred that all three of them are multi billion dollar, possibly trillion dollar industries that will be American industries that all of us can benefit from. So that would be sports betting, because look at everything now that it's legalized. I foresee with all the data feeds, because the NBA was talking about how they want to sell the data feeds directly out as a service. That means you'll be able to essentially hedge funds to take the algorithm power that they're using on the stock market and now apply that to sports betting. Because it's all probability. Now here's the thing. So that's very, that's a very capitalist, you know, outlook because, I mean, and and I think when we look at that, capitalism isn't this evil system, but it is a system where it's designed where very few make a whole lot of wealth. I don't agree with that part. That's what the system does. It's a small town. No, I don't don't agree with that part. I think it's a system of capital 
where capital is prioritized, right? right. So well, who has capital? It, everyone. Well, who has the most capital? I mean, sure, but who also? So, all right. <laughs> so if you have, so if sure. I have, if I have, if I have five million dollars, yep. right? I can, I can invest it or gamble it with a certain level of risk that may not really hurt me if I gamble or risk $3 million in investments and things like that. But okay. if I'm someone who only makes $60,000 a year, mm-hmm. okay, and my lifestyle, you know, I pretty much, I'm able to save maybe $300 at the end of the year. Sure. Right? I'm not really making anything. I'm, this, okay. doesn't, this doesn't really benefit me. Okay, you know but you saying? just but you just said also if I have let's say you have the three million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. So if you just look at the laws of just basic economics, the stock market will give you twenty percent return in its best years. Worst best years, years, it could be negatives, right? Mm-hmm. A good business can give you one hundred percent unlimited gains. So rich people don't just throw their money under a pillow. They're looking for ways to beat inflation, right? Right. So the best way to beat inflation is to create enterprises. The best way to do that is start businesses, invest in businesses that are already growing. Right. And so people like us who might not be the millionaires, we're closer to the problems. So that means we understand the unique problems that need to be solved. And through education, through hard work, through learning to sell ourselves, we can go and attract that capital because all capital is looking for places to multiply itself. We have the ability to go and and encourage that capital to invest in things we're doing. And it will come. If you have a money-making venture, capital will come to it. Yeah. 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 But it still still does. And I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Um, but it doesn't. I mean, that's 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 the American dream perspective. It's not necessarily what the numbers show. It isn't a, a, a number thing where you know that's a reason why you know one percent of the country owns seventy percent of the resources. I mean, it's it's a reason why you can make money on top of money and you make more money on top of money. I mean, it just it just multiplies faster. So a typical libertarian perspective would be the reason that you have or these pools of capital are able to congregate without much competition is because of regulations. Because if you don't have regulations, you limit and lower barrier to entry. If you limit barrier to entry, more people can put a product on the market. If the product is really revolutionary, it doesn't matter. People are going to use it. And you can look at that with music. Look at the barrier to entry with, now you know, I know some people don't like some of the new music that's being created, but let's just look at it purely from a capitalistic perspective. Right. Back in the day, you had to have a record label. They had to the lock on the distribution channels, but only a certain amount of music got out there. Right. Then you introduce the internet, which is 100% capitalism with YouTube, low barrier to entry, and now look at all these people who are generating wealth from this because the competition bar has been lowered from the distribution side. And that is a perfect example of what happens with capitalism because if you have people who are going out there, they can showcase their talent, the, the customers are always going to like the superior product, is always going to win. And then when it's winning, it's going to attract capital, which it's doing. And that's how you have all these... Oh, no. I, 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 listen, I get... So, so, so... This is the music part. You got anything to say about that? And I'm strictly talking capitalism, not 
Um, preference. I, I get me okay. Yeah. I'm not. That's what I said. My remove. superior product. No. Remove. Remo- remove preference. <laughs> remove preference. I get what you say. I get what you say. But remove preference, and and the music is targeted at a younger demographic of 16 to 24. Right. So their tastes are different. Well, I mean, I, but, I think you, I, I see what you're saying when you look at someone like, uh, like Chance the rapper. Yeah, like even the opportunities that that you know. I mean, I, I I definitely see, but there's also. I mean, there's a there we we we're we're, we're a yin yang world. I mean, there's a positive and negative to everything, right? Sure, absolutely. So, but purely from the opportunity side, right? So libertarian looks at opportunity first. Yes, purely from the opportunistic side. Hey, I want to put something out, and if I'm a superior marketer, it does not matter if someone else has more money because I'm better at getting a buzz. My product can shine, and that's what the internet has done. It has leveled the playing field, and where anybody can go and make a song in their car, and if it's catchy enough, and the people like it, you can become a star overnight. Or like things like Chewbacca Mom and all this stuff that like never would have seen light of day before, right? Because the barriers, because distribution is the hardest part of creativity you know everyone can make something nice but distribution is where monopolies have been been because you'd have to advertise it on radio or tv and because of the regulatory environment because of the cost is so high that a lot of the good stuff cannot get out all right so 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 wait let me let me ask you this okay um what are your beliefs let's just bring it bring it back just a little bit to you know you and I had a discussion uh, sure. a couple weeks ago, and um, you know, I, I I shared like you know really I'm like I'm a I guess I would be I I believe that there should be like three parties right right you know maybe a Republican Democrat and maybe Libertarian or moderate whatever you could name it whatever you want to name it but um, independent I, I think mm-hmm. it's just it's just it's a fail it's a fail is a the term but um, of a party but I think a lot more people I agree with you Zuri I think you agree as well that more people fall in the middle yeah right but because we really have a two a dominant two party system we end up dividing into Republican or d- Democrat right now, because there's know, actually coalitions within each of the parties yes right yes and so historically <clears throat> going back previous to like I think Kennedy mm-hmm. or something we were uh, we were Republicans Republican. absolutely minorities were Republicans and then the switch came Kennedy um, and they became Democrats and been Democrats ever since now and for, for the record Kennedy actually exposed a lot of what would be a today's Republicans policies and a lot of people don't know that like Kennedy cut the taxes a lot <clears throat> and it was one of the main drivers of boosting the US economy during that time right and that's never really brought up <laughs> well you know I don't think that that was a I think there's a time to cut tax I don't think ta- cutting taxes is always the right thing to do I think sure. it, I think it's you know based on the economy and what's going on in the economy and who's being taxed you know, mm-hmm. at what levels? I think, you know, to tax everybody at the same level just doesn't make sense. Like well, I that know, creates a that creates another conversation. Right, though. right. But mm-hmm. I, you know, so I think that's, I think you know, so I think, I, I, I think it's relevant to the times. Sure. But but, but can, let's say something about that. So I think the the challenge what people will say, well, rich people should be taxed more, 
the problem is I don't think that what the, 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 the true thing is wages are the most expensive money to make right <laughs> and they should be because it is the safest way to make money right mm-hmm. owning a business is more risky investing in capital yes. you're using money like a tool so you don't charge a shovel you wouldn't tax a shovel at a 40% tax because it's being used as a tool so in capital markets cash shouldn't be taxed for more than anything it's just a tool because that's all it's operating as as a tool and not just money and so to encourage capital formation and capital distribution you have to keep the taxes low on capital when used like a tool. Now, most rich people aren't going to make their money from a wage perspective. They're going to make their money from capital gains. Right. So it's going to be difficult to tax that group who's already actually paying the majority of the taxes. They they are, but when you look at... I, I think that you don't just look at... I, I don't believe you just look at the, the wealthiest mm-hmm. and say you just tax them and everybody else gets scot-free. But I think that the, I think that the way that we are currently... Our ter- current tax system or our current political thing about, oh, we're just going to like, imp- you know, is either on the Democrats where you increase taxes um, mm-hmm. on the wealthy or Republicans is like, let's just cut taxes for everybody. There's just, there's just, there's just these very opposing sides. There isn't a really a, a middle. So let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes I hear that, that perspective, but how do you explain states like Texas and Florida who have had seen record growth and neither of these states have state income taxes? And what they do is they charge more consumption taxes on personal property or real estate taxes and things like that. So as a as a pure individual, you just pay I think federal that, that tax. I think that I think that that I think that you still have to look at. All right, I think that you still have to look at who is. Who are the citizens of that, you know, those states and stuff like that? What are their, what are their demographics? What you don't just kind of. Well, Texas has a lot less inequality than California, who has very progressive taxes. You said they have a lot less inequality. Texas has a lot less inequality, and minorities overall are doing a lot better in terms of actual wealth in in Texas than they are in California. A lot of people are moving to Texas, but I mean, California. First of all, California is a lot more expensive to live than it is in Texas. But why? But why is it more expensive? That's the question you have to start. I don't know why the hell California is so damn expensive. (laughs) It's the taxes. It's the taxes. (laughs) You know, but I mean, I'm just saying. Like, is there? Is you been in California? I have not been to California. It's extremely expensive. California I mean, is extremely I, expensive. Yeah. And outside of like the prime areas, it just looks like Norfolk. Like, Pretty much. <laughs> right? Pretty much. Like Modesto. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not special. Like you might have a, a some scenic areas and stuff like that, but you got like forest fires. Mm-hmm. You got water that's too damn cold to even swim in. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's got beautiful weather, but I don't know why it's so damn expensive. Um, well, I'm, I'm sure libert- there's detail. A libertarian you know. would argue it's expensive because there's a lot of services that California feels that it needs to offer. Um, and others would argue because there's You mean not, in terms of public services? Yes, there's a lot more okay. social services social that they services. offer that raise the that's gonna raise the cost of living because Chicago's like that? Chicago's now Chicago doesn't seem to have the same cost of living as a California, but 
It's still expensive, though. It's expensive. Yeah. And um, New York is expensive. New York is extremely expensive. But then why is Atlanta not as expensive? Or why is, uh, you know, Charlotte not as expensive? And it's because they don't offer a lot of the same services. The service they don't. And it's the, philo- it's the philosophical perspective of what's, what's a better way to develop your state. And this is the great thing about the 50 laboratories, right? Is that in Texas, they say, hey, we feel like we're going to give you less services, but you can make more money. If you make more money, you got more wealth to do what you want yeah, with but that. Yeah, t- but the services, they are terrible. But you got more wealth, and there's no, more opportunity. No, no, there's not more wealth and opportunity. There's people, there's, you have, what I think happens is there's a greater stratification of the poor between the middle class and poor, or poor and upper class. You just have, you have less social programs. You know, I think there's, there is a, there's a, like, we have a reluctant welfare state. Like, you, you kind of, you, you have these cutoffs mm-hmm. where it's supposed to help people to a certain degree. Now, you do have people who abuse the system, which makes sure. it bad for everybody else. But... You have these things where people should be able to get some support, sure. you know, if they're down on their their luck or their you know, or, or some, has some hardships or something like that. Um, and you have opportunities. You have so, so that people can have opportunities to, you know, get a job so and I, things like that. You have all these people who moved from the, you know, when we had the um, Katrina, right? Mm-hmm. And you had these people that I forget what they call them. They call them in Texas, and it's offensive to the people, but they're called like uh, refugees or something. Refugees or resettlers or something. Ridiculous. Yeah, some sort of thing. And a lot of people went from New Orleans to Houston. Yeah, and so a lot of people, you know, they feel displaced and stuff. They don't feel still part of the community, but the social programs aren't there to kind of really help them, you know. So there would be a counter, a couple things. Um, The government social programs aren't there, but a lot of the times. that gap has been filled by religious organizations, and that's what people. Because who runs the majority of food pantries? It's churches. Churches. Yeah. Who who runs the majority of nonprofit hospitals? It's churches. Mm-hmm. So what happens is, I guess, the portion that I feel like gets missed is a libertarian would say, "Hey, if I'm making more wealth." And you're giving me a tax deduction for donating. I get to target to organizations that I think are good stewards. Well, and that that we think are good stewards of those funds. Okay, I'm 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 on board with that to a certain degree. I think that that should be, in terms of me being a libertarian. If I was going to say I'm a libertarian in some view of that, I would say I would like to be able to control where my taxes go. Absolutely. So that's the argument is that the government is extremely inefficient in the way that it spends capital. I would rather give it to private sector always, typically always, as long as there's it's transparency, is always going to be more efficient than the private sector. Just always is. It hands down always is because of the incentives in place. Accountability. Accountability. Just how it works. It's hard. It's easier to fire people. So that makes things more accountable. And so people say, hey, I'd rather the money go to a more direct source. And we actually see the change happen. Do you feel like, do you feel like uh, minorities have it wrong by being uh, heavier Democrats? Absolutely. I think we have it wrong. I think people can be whatever they want to be. My thing is, a lot of people, when I have this discussion with them, they can't really give me a reason outside of, like an actual policy reason that they're a Democrat. 
Now, if someone can back that and say, hey, here's the reasons because I like this particular policy and I like this particular perspective, I, I, I no issues with that at all. My bigger point is I feel like with other groups, the argument oftentimes is on the conservative side. People say, well, they don't talk to us. But the easiest way to get people to talk to us is we have to infiltrate that side as well. And so I just think we need to have people on both sides who have a unified goal, but they have different philosophies. And oftentimes I like to say, I think the Democrats and the Republicans are like a mom and a dad. So your mom is going to be there. And and again, this is not a stereotype, but let's just say the natures of the nature, nature of nurturer versus, I guess, the authoritarian. Exactly. The paternal, not authoritarian. Uh, because uh, we can, we, let me, I'll address that in a second of which group I think is actually more authoritarian. I'll address okay. which group is more authoritarian. I had to throw it in there. But, you're, you know, in a typical father role, the traditional role we've learned, your dad is to be like, hey, you need to learn a skill set. You don't need to depend on anybody. I'll support you, but hey, you need to learn how to take your lumps, learn your lessons, and work hard. The flip side, traditionally, your mother has been there to be like, hey, I love you. When you are down, I'm here to support you. And I think we need a healthy balance of both. And so I don't think we need to stack so heavily on one group because it's just like anything else. It's like if you are heavily with one group, the other group will just be like, hey, I can focus on other coalitions to get to win. And the group who you're with, they don't really have to fight to get your vote. So they can just say, hey, we'll be there for you. And then they do nothing. And so, you know, if you look at historically, a lot of Democrats passed a lot of legislation that, that has not helped us. I mean, the three strikes. Um, and, and let's just go. So Eric Garner is a perfect example to me of a side effect of progressive policies. And a lot of people, they don't see the connection. The connection is... How do most cities, particularly like you said, expensive cities like New York, how do they make their money? Oh. How do they make their money? Court you up. There you go, court Probation. fees. You got it. Now it's taxes and court fees. Mm-hmm. So now, if I have a police force in a city like New York, who is the easiest demographic to go after and hit to send to court? Minorities. Exactly. And that is a direct, and so look at the cigarette tax. They have to bring in a cigarette tax to pay for other services that the city is extending itself over. And we'll get into the main service where I think they really overextended themselves. They have to raise the cigarette tax. Of course, that encourages people to say, hey, I can make some money by selling tax-free cigarettes. So now you have your police basically being, you know, people who go out and find opportunities to rack up court costs. So they will aggressively police urban areas looking for people who are selling illegal cigarettes. And then you have incidents like that that are totally unnecessary. And that's a direct result. Eric Gardner was a reflection of high-tax cigarettes? 100%. You really think that that's not I just think, police brutality? I think that, no, no, well, sure, there's a lot. I don't, I'm not going to single it out and say it's just because of that. I'm going to say, I think cities, I think the economics or the money, like we said in our conversation we had, money is the driving force. Of everything. Of everything. So if I'm a government, how would I use my police force when they're not investigating crimes? I'm going to use my foot police officers to find areas where we can raise revenue the easiest. You're right. And so where is it easiest to go into low income neighborhoods that have less legal representation? Mm-hmm. They, in their eyes, more crime is being done. It's not, but it's just easier mm-hmm. 
to spot more crime in these areas. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to send my police to those areas. So question. Sure. For the like the typical libertarian, how how do they how would you attack these issues? Get rid of all these laws. So a typical libertarian is going to say you shouldn't have these high fees for cigarettes. You shouldn't have all of these rules because these rules make life more difficult. By default, humans want to be free. So if someone wants to do something, they need to be able to bear the full risk of bad decisions, but they also need to be able to have the full benefits of those same decisions. Okay, that brings me to another question. Because sure. I did read in the book, one of the 10 things you can't say in America was about, and I, 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 it's probably, I don't know, 16 or 17 years ago now, but I remember um, Ooh, the gentleman talking about, huh? He said, look who's getting old. But basically, he was talking about legalizing drugs, not just marijuana, but all drugs. So a typical libertarian would say the war on drugs. A libertarian perspective is that most wars on everything that the government has are absolute failures. So the war on drugs is a failure because what happens is you ramp up law enforcement. They go into these neighborhoods. You waste time. You lock away young men who are doing, you know, yeah, they're doing a a minor crime, but wouldn't they be better served working a job and paying taxes? So you waste a lot of resources to basically cause damage to your own people when at worst case, you could charge a person a fine, let them still work. And, uh, and you're, ma- you're making more money because of the economic output of this person being an overall productive citizen. So it's like if you legalize the drugs, the government can have taxes on it. It raises capital. The, the cost is paid because it's an individual choice. It's just like gambling. It's like, yeah. why well, try to regulate gambling? Allow industries to pop up around it. You do have to have some levels of control, but make them lightweight. People want to do it. That's their personal choice. Now, if someone goes bankrupt, they need to know that they have full responsibility and don't think that the government should come and save them for that. But you could also mandate that if some if gambling is legal, a small portion goes to like rehab so that if people do need those services, mm-hmm. it's there, right? That's a more libertarian perspective. And then you get rid of a lot of this mass incarceration. You get rid of like the war on poverty, all of these things that the government tries to come in and mandate and manipulate usually cause bubbles and exaggerations because they're trying to change the course of nature. So that's the argument, is if you let people be free and let them bear the full brunt of the negatives or positives of their decisions, what typically happens is people tend to become more responsible when they realize that, they, yeah, they're 100% responsible. Okay, so so, so when I, 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 I get that, you know, this, it's less, less rules, but we're not talking about completely no rules. No, right. absolutely not. And that's where I think a lot of people come in and say, oh, it's you, you want it just to be no rules. And that's not the case. It's just, well, first off, it's not like police are enforcing most of these rules anyway. What law enforcement does is they know they can't enforce these rules, so they come in with a heavy hand to try to scare people from doing things. A libertarian would say, hey, the rules that you want enforced, why don't you have more of a fine system where people just pay a fine? Unless you're murdering someone, armed robbery, or violent crimes, Mm -hmm. they really shouldn't be offenses that people are going to jail for. 
Okay. All right. And I, I agree with some of that, especially with the drugs. The very few people aren't not oh, doing things because they're illegal. Right. Like, right. <laughs> they're exactly. Not, they're not doing them because they don't want to. Exactly. You know, it doesn't fall in line with their morals. So why not allow governments, which is what is happening, and you, and again, like Al said, you got to ask yourself, well, why is it all of a sudden that all these governments and are now state governments are like, hey, we're okay with legal marijuana. But it goes to the government overreach. The government got in the business of something it had no business doing. Right. It's uh, motives were correct, but it's not sustainable, and that's the pension well, system. Why would they get? Why did they get involved? Really, though, we know the pension. No, well, the, the problem is the pension systems. Think about the concept that someone could work for your company for 20 years, and then when they retire, they get paid a portion of their income for the rest of their lives. Right. And think about how foolish, and that's a progressive policy that's not sustainable. It sounds great on paper until the math stops working. And so what happens is then governments are forced to pay for this financial obligation. And then people wonder why teachers don't get pay raises. They can't get pay raises because governments are still paying pensions for public employees that aren't even working for them anymore. So then you have to start raising taxes and fees to pay for this pension obligation. So so what would be, because this is now this is a subject right here, this area pensions will will lose votes. All day. So all day that's on both sides. All day. If you go against pensions, you're losing votes on both sides. Isn't exactly. Matter? So what is what is the solution then? I mean, the solution is someone's just going to have to take it because at some point... <laughs> no, I mean, think about it. Think about it. So the only people who get paid pensions now are government employees. Yeah, and for that's why... But so yeah. most companies who had them before have all gotten rid of them. Mm-hmm. And down south, they never really had them, right? So that's why so many people and companies have moved to places like Texas and because the labor is cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Social Security is, is another scam. I mean, you know, it's like none of us are going to, they have, <laughs> the government has two choices. Either A, we're not going to get, they're going to have to tell us there's no more money for us to get Social Security. Or B, what's more likely is they're going to inflate the money supply and they're going to crush us with inflation and the value of our dollar, as we've seen since the 80s when you could get a gallon of gas for 88 cents and now it's basically $3. Mm-hmm. In 20 years, we'll be paying $6 for a gallon of gas. Now, the good thing is there'll be more electric vehicles, right? So that's the wager they're making, but everything's just going to keep getting more expensive because it's not getting more expensive. It's our purchasing power is going down. But isn't that like always kind of been the way as in everything no. over time always get more expensive? Computers haven't. TVs haven't. What got more expensive? Cars? No. TVs are cheaper. Cell phones. Most things get cheaper, yeah. Most things like get cheaper because of technology. Yeah. Yes. Not, right. I, not, not Apple. It's a technological not Apple. advancement. Not Apple. Not well, Apple. Apple would argue that you're getting a superior product in comparison. So price to price of what you were getting 20 years ago, um, it, it based off inflation would cost more. So in terms of inflation, cell phones are cheaper than yes. everything else. Yeah. The most expensive things are, uh, are education. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, cheese. even gas. Gas has it overall. Milk. Did cheese, you say milk, cheese? Food. <laughs> cheese is well, food. ridiculous. Food products have it. 
Have you ever looked at the CPI uh, and it shows you the inflation of every she, item? Things you need, like toilet she, paper, like <laughs> like things that you that, need. That really upsets you, moves. like that cheese. It does. Course, she like motherfucking sure. cheese. <laughs> but but the biggest ones have been education. Yes, education is ridiculous. But gas yeah. is actually not tracked up as fast as some of those other things, and that's because the U.S. has started drilling oil, which is competition for your markets, and that's why we aren't paying as much in gas right now. So, if, I mean, looking at like a, a libertarian sort mm-hmm. of view, you know, you talked about crime, but isn't so? So then, if you look at decreasing, you know, the amount of I don't know uh, government government in relation to you know uh, especially look at something like the criminal justice system mm-hmm. with a like a meal Derek Heim said that um, you know crime is functional for society so mm-hmm. you have less money coming in potentially to government to, to governments which means less taxes are being taken. Right. So wouldn't that then also affect the police force? And well, you judges? don't need as many. You don't need them. Because yeah. guess what? You also have, everyone has more wealth. And so more businesses are being created because more of us have more capital of our own. Now, does that mean necessarily? Now, that, now these are all theor- theoretical. Obviously, we all uh, you know, discuss it. Uh, no, there's actually been. So we actually had, like, I think people used to think that libertarianism was theoretical. But we actually have a real world example that I can quickly compare and contrast. Well, hold on. I'm not, I'm not okay. saying I, I, I totally disagree, but aren't we looking at it as saying that this is what people would, would do that we would. So you're saying we would have more mom and pops. Absolutely. Less, less large corporations. Or, I mean, we don't know, but it would just, to me, yes. In short, I think you would. The Internet is libertarian. There's no rules on the Internet. And look at how many businesses and opportunities exist on that versus telecom. Telecom is very regulated, very high cost of entry to get into. Right? So... You know, break it down, keep break it down for those. So, you know, think, so telecom would be your cable providers, your cell phone providers, all of that, those industries is heavily regulated. There's typically duopolies, oligopolies with four and three players in every market. Like we have Cox only here. Mm-hmm. You rarely see any competition, and that's why cable prices are high. Fire stick. Exactly. <laughs> and so it took internet giants to come in, and these are guys who were the Facebooks, the Amazons, who were used to playing in a world of no competition that they have the only way they can cause monopolies on the internet is by offering such a superior product that that's how they create a natural monopoly so in those cases the monopolies aren't bad because facebook is really just that good at connecting people but amazon is really a monopoly because they are so good and they have to stay on their toes i mean any company that can scare walmart you know they have to be really good at what they do i mean amazon is really good at what they do and people like zuri you know, make them rich. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so. I but get to it. Amazon, to me, is a, the best example. Everything is cheap on that. That you get it cheaper on Amazon, you get it faster on Amazon. Right. You get everything you want from a free market that, with Amazon. Which, which, which I think it would be great, right? Mm-hmm. But Amazon is able to do that. They also have great less employees than Walmart. Okay. Right? Sure. And so you also look at jobs. So you look at, um, you know, more things are going AI, right? Yep. And we, we all know that AI is better than us in a lot of different things. In some, sure. And, you know. Um, and as it gets more 
advance. It's going to be better than us in more things. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be cheaper. After you know, as the technology gets cheaper, it'll become cheaper to for them to replace um, you know um, humans. You don't so, have them. You don't have the healthcare cost and um, you know 401ks and all these other things. You have you don't have to pay those. So you have less. So so in that sense, you know, you have free market. Um, but there's 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 no sort of say as you know you have to have some sort of you know um, human mm -hmm. you know footprint in your in your in your workplace a certain amount of a ratio. But don't right. the human related skills go up? The acting, the social social workers, healthcare. Jeremy, um, that gives stop. No, seriously, that gives seriously. us more opportunities social for Social workers, to I'm a social. But I, I understand that. What I'm what I'm saying is. <laughs> So, all right, so think about this. Here's a job of the future that I don't think most people think about. Okay. So we have this baby boomer population who's about to all be retired, right? Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, gerontology so is, is booming. Won't be booming. Mm -hmm. Now, we've also got a very multimedia generation. Uh-huh. Okay? So if you have almost half of our population are going to be retired, they're going to be living in dense urban environments, dense, like, senior centers, right? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't there be a huge opportunity for people to basically go and provide entertainment for those elderly people? Um, and you're gonna have a, that's gonna be a premium service. No, not really. Here's the reason why. Because healthcare, right? Because this is another mm -hmm. topic we want to talk about was healthcare. Um, healthcare, there, there doesn't seem to be any sort of slowing down in terms of cost of healthcare. Now, in the state of Virginia, this, we'll, just, we'll just look at this area, and even the Hampton Roads area. If you were going to place your loved one or your loved one wanted to go live, your grand, you see, you know, the baby boomers, they're going to go live at a senior community. Mm -hmm. You're looking at really on the low end, $4,000 mm -hmm. a month. Okay. Wow. Now, unless you have a really good, you know, investment portfolio, mm -hmm. you're going to be struggling at, with, with just Social Security. And let your job, and, and especially if you don't have no pension and you're not military, former military, retired military. Yeah. No question. Is that because we're at the front end of that age curve and there will be a demand for more middle, mid-market centers coming forward? Well, the challenge, you, you the, the mid-market centers, I think, will come, but the cost still is high to take care of someone because sure. you know you, the, the meals and all the, the the things that you know the clothes entertainment yeah you gotta mm -hmm. pay for entertainment you gotta be willing to give them something you know mm -hmm. so you have it's that's on the low end I would tell you some of the nicer places about $6,000 a month Mm -hmm. So you have now you have children taking care of their parents, helping their parents live because it costs too much. Or you have think what ends up happening is that we end up going back as a society, which isn't mm -hmm. a problem. I think it's a good thing where you find more people. The grandparents are living in the house. Sure. You know, um, but I think that what we're not going to I don't think we're going to see is because you don't, you're looking at Social Security not not changing. It's not going up. Um, you're going to see an issue with these with these seniors because also you look at Medicaid being cut, and sure. Medicaid would, you know, help fund some skilled nursing facilities, skilled nurses care. Sure. So I mean, you, you, there's a good, there's a there's a positive and negative with everything. I think finding the balance create, is hard. Uh, doesn't that create a whole other opportunity for business creation? I mean, if what's you can find people? a way to provide that care 
mm-hmm. at a way at a rate that you can still get good staff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you could figure it out, which I think you end up might having to do is go really automate it. Tell you the truth, I don't know. <laughs> I think you. Might I've seen a new jobs. business. There's a business that um, they're actually doing like a Uber. They're using an Uber-like model for senior care. And what they do is they look at, um, instead of you paying for the entire day, basically one health service provider might work in a certain zip code and service three or four people a day and can kind of bounce between. So let's say one person only needs about two hours of supervision, another person needs about two hours, another person needs four. And this person works a whole eight-hour day, but essentially four people are paying for that eight hours as opposed to one. And they're saying they're going to be able to uh, they've, they've been able to bring down a significant cost these guys also worked on doing something with New York with first time home buyers and so I think there's a lot of opportunity like so I, but yeah I think there's some opportunities and I think it's just going to take people being creative because we got some real problems but if we got some real problems that means there's some real opportunities for wealth creation right yeah, I, 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 and I agree I think you I think I think that we you know we get to the meat of the conversation that uh, we all, we people tend to kind of move a little closer to the middle. Um, uh, Zuri, we had some uh, we had some tough ones. We want to throw at Jeremy, get his opinion <laughs> on. Why don't you throw one of those at him? Um, some tough ones. <laughs> Zuri, your coffee. I'm because I didn't know what you meant. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what you mean. Because I knew you have Kanye, topics, but... Kanye, Kanye. Oh, yeah. Okay. What's up with Kanye, Jeremy? Um, so, you know... My personal opinion is that the, man, the young man seems like he's... Um, stressed about some things. I don't think all of his answers sound super coherent all the way. But I think... The spirit of what he was saying is that we've come to a place in this country where we can continue to be divided or we can start to look at each other and um, we can start to look at each other and say, how can we work together? Because at the end of the day, um, we are one big family and I think we need to focus more on how we can work together as opposed to being so different. Because the reality is, like you set out, 85% of issues, 90% of issues, most people probably agree or could compromise on. It's the 10% that people get so passionate about. Um, and, and, you know, actually, I'm going to flip it on his head. Um, I think the challenge is, is that most people are so apathetic about voting. So what happens is the extremes have to galvanize people to get them to vote. And so if people were more responsible about voting and just instead of being like, oh, I have to be excited to vote and actually just was like, this is my responsibility, I need to be informed, then you wouldn't need the extremes. But the extremes are to provide stimuli to get people to turn out the vote. I like the part, I like everything you said, but I like the part you said, I need to be informed. Yeah. I need to be informed. And I don't think a lot of people take that approach is that they, they sit back and wait to be informed. Mm-hmm. And when you sit back, then your information is being guided by another force. And you're right. just fed. So it's like I want to be fed and not I want to I want to seek, you know, the right information. I'm willing to be fed whatever information is given me. Um, um you know, Zoe, what was your thoughts about what Kanye said? Um, kind of in the same vein of what you all were saying, I think 
I think what a lot of what Kanye is saying is undeveloped in his head. Mm. So he has these ideas and he has these thoughts. And in some of the interviews, he even said, like, I, I don't want to hold on to it anymore. I just say it. And so it doesn't come out sounding right. He's, um, I don't know. He's, I think, like, again, I think it's just, he's just undeveloped. And I forgot what I was going to say. Some of my challenges, I don't understand why people get so upset about a man who's a musician's perspective because it's like <laughs> the man even admitted he didn't even know anything. And it's like, right. it's a little sad to me that, you know, it, actually, let me reverse this. This shows you how great of a country it is that a person can be so uninformed about politics and get extremely wealthy in America. It's called and Donald, I don't Donald think Trump. that that's... I, I, I think <laughs> I Donald Trump's a little more educated oh, than people think, but... Oh, <laughs> but, oh. but, um, <laughs> but... But, 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 but... Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying, I think we as a society need to stop looking at celebrities yes. in a 360 degree way and just respect their opinion on what they're specializing in, which is entertaining us. Yes. Their jobs aren't to educate us on politics. No, no. And I, I think we should stop trying to bully people into thinking like us. I agree for too. One. I agree. Um, because we're mad about what he's saying, but like, I remember when like he only said one part wrong. I really think the only thing he said that was off was the slavery thing. I think everything, yeah, everything else he said, like you had a like, not that he didn't have a right to say what he said about slavery, but I don't. I was like when he was, everybody was making a big deal about, it and I was, I was watching it. I was like, okay, and then he said the slavery thing, and I was like, oh. You know, so we had this that, discussion, it was right? It's just like, okay, so what? This takes me in. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the challenge I have, right, is I feel like, again, and we talked about this. My bigger issue is I think the story of slavery is a lot more gray than black and white. Um, I think that once you know, once you start story. to dig into things, you will see that this story had a lot of diversity. And what I mean by that, a lot of these stories of the revolts, the lynchings and everything happened in rural portions of each state, like a Lynchburg. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, they happen in places where. Let's be honest, some cousins probably started that town by buying up the, up the land. They had their cousins as the judge, the sheriff. They ran the law enforcement. And all, although it was illegal to do those things to slaves, the law enforcement is not going to go against the family that essentially owns that town. But if you looked at a lot of the urban areas, Petersburg, for an example, one third of the African-Americans who were in Petersburg were free blacks in the 1800s. And in Norfolk, when Norfolk was started, one half of the black people, one half of the citizens who were in Norfolk were freed black men. And so if you, you look at port towns, New Orleans, you, you know, port towns all around America, mm -hmm. a lot of the blacks in those port towns during slavery times weren't slaves yeah. and they had businesses or they worked trades and things of that nature. And my whole thing is 
the whole story needs to be told because I think it's important for us to see the heroes who were slaves and those who weren't slaves. And what were those people doing during that time? Because it's a lot more dynamic than, hey, every black person was just a slave. I, so I, I can see that and like get behind that. But I do know that we still have to be able to... Because, all right, so here's the thing. Like, so once Obama became president, people was like, there's no race, there's no race issue in America, right? Which we know is complete BS. Mm-hmm. So I think what ends up happening is that we have to be, and I say we, I mean like minorities have to be hypervigilant not to let, not that we have to, but this is the way we feel. Like we have to, we feel like we have to be hypervigilant or at least vigilant about not letting things certain things slide I think sometimes we end up becoming hypervigilant it's like yo that's mm-hmm. not that serious like we need to like you chill out it's not that's not what we, which I think you think that is but there's all other things like you know like the stuff around police brutality and the stuff that be happening like with Starbucks and other stuff it's like yeah we need to be able to stay on top of like yo listen there's still an issue here y'all acting like there's not an issue and y'all don't have biases because you do you, you even though you look at the stories of full stories about slavery is that Yes, you had people who may not, who weren't slaves, um, or but you also had tons of lynchings happen around this mm-hmm. country. You also had, I could have more money than a white person, but I still don't have the status of a white sure. person, sure. you know. And so those things still played a part. Like I could, I could have a house, and that person lives in a shack, but I can't look at them in their eyes. Right. So, you know, there's those. We, 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 I do respect in terms of, I think that truth should always like trump, you know, every, all else. And mm-hmm. so show the whole picture, give the whole picture. Because I, like you said, they're, they're the heroes in slavery, but there's also heroes who weren't slaves. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The figures that we don't, because so in that, in that sense that we, we hyper focus on what happened during, during slavery we don't we should also hyper focus on the successes of those who um, were were successful during slave times you know um, have you been to the African American Museum in DC nah dog you gotta go I heard so one of the most amazing things that stood out to me is as a segment on the free free towns mm-hmm. and it just really left me with a lot of questions so in Mississippi, I don't remember the name of it, but there was a free town that was created, and it was created by former slaves, and I believe Jeff Davis, the president of the Confederacy's brother, sold these slaves the land. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I'm like, so if I'm a, a, the president of the Confederacy, and my team just lost, mm-hmm. why am I selling slaves Land, and those are the stories that I I like to delve into because I think it gets a lot more complex. Have you ever seen a picture of what Jeff Davis, the president of the Confederacy's wife, looks like? Nah. You should Google it. They say she's English. She doesn't look very English to me. She looks black. <laughs> yeah, she looks like a mulatto. Really? Yeah. That's and I and to me, it's just like I just. It really opened my eyes, and I was like, "Man, the South had 
it was all about money. Right. Yeah. Um, it was about money first, and it was a lot more complex than people, than the, the history tells us. So we started talking about that when, when one of those episodes. We didn't. We cut that part out. The whole discussion about slavery and stuff like that, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, we did because it was kind of. It was. We ended up getting off topic because it was like juicy. Um, <laughs> but you, you, you're right. We did one of the things we did that we did because here's here's one of the things that I think yeah I brought up is there you brought up some other things about some laws or something like that. Um. That. So, all right. So Kanye said this thing, right, mm-hmm. about like slavery was a choice. <laughs> now I don't even sure. know if he meant it. That's what I mean about right. his thoughts. It his thoughts like aren't developed. Sure. They come out prematurely. Sure. Sure. But here's the thing. Here's here's where I feel there was a choice, but maybe not a fully informed. Uh, obviously, not a, a fully informed choice, but also a choice that was based on greed. Was when slaves sold other slaves. I mean, oh, when Africans yeah. sold yes. other Africans into slavery. Y- you are hitting my point. So I have an issue where why do us as black people? Now again, this is macro. We spend so much energy being mad at. I personally don't think we need to be mad at anyone, but we spend so much of the energy being mad at the people who bought the slaves who were already ready to be loaded on a boat. But we never are mad at the Africans who got rich selling <laughs> selling slaves. Right. Right. They had a whole market, or the Arabs. Uh huh. And, and and so on the east side, you know. So the thing is, that was the nature of the time. Slavery has been around since the dawn of man. Yes. You lose a battle, you become a slave. Right. There's consequences to losing. Um, Damn, Zuri, he sound like you. I mean, that's it, my opinion. It's like. So that, I mean, but the thing is, because that's what it is. There's consequences. Zuri says, "Not a war unless somebody dies." <laughs> so there's winners and losers in wars, and your ancestors are, will have to reap the negative consequences or the positives of winning or losing that war. Right. And it sometimes, to me, the conversation does not keep that in context. Our ancestors technically lost. Right. So. These are the repercussions of being brought into a system where we weren't seen as the priority group. When you say ancestors, you're saying the ancestor Africans are the ones who yeah, lost. Yeah, right? our ancestors right. lost the battle to the Africans who sold us. Right. And I, the other thing is, you don't really see many other societies, the Asians or other societies, didn't sell their losers in the battle to outsiders. So what was it about Africans who did that? And to me, if you really want to be honest... You know, you got a lot of African friends before you say this next comment. I, I do. <laughs> I do. But to me, the comment is, I think Africa... I think Africa's growth was slowed down because of a brain drain. Yes. That's yes. what I'm going to say. You're right. Because a lot of their talent that the U.S. has reaped the benefits mm-hmm. from would have been in Africa. Yeah. Mm. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. I think people who are knowledgeable and uh, can at least acknowledge that, that they, that, that, you know, and I think, Zora, you and I talked about that, that we pretty much, like, Africa did it to themselves. Right. You know, um, you know, uh, they, they did let the colonizers, you let the colonizers in, 
Um, you also sold to them because it wasn't like all of Africa. It was those in power, right? So it's and it was one region because it wasn't like South Africa. Right. It was the West Coast of Africa. It was the West Coast, and and then there was a, the Arab side on the East Coast. You know, and right? So you have these these these. Uh, these, I guess, chiefs, whatever mm-hmm. they were, then, you know, they were the ones accumulating their, 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 oh, we call it tribes and things like that. They were, they kingdoms that they were, they were growing in wealth while, you know, um, selling these the, for weapons. They were selling other Africans it was slaves, the prisoners of war, sense or slaves that were like, you know, indentured servants. They that they were selling mm-hmm. them for weapons and wealth and you know and and uh connections with the europeans um and so they got wealthy extremely rich but the the country right was stripped you know and that's a challenge you see in a lot of african nations you know still where the dictators are really rich and their citizens don't share in that wealth right so i I think that you know you know you're gonna, you know, Jamie. A lot of your African friends aren't gonna talk to you anymore. I, <laughs> no, 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 no. Because I, I, I mean, I think it's where I started is we shouldn't hold grudges with anyone, right? right. right? Yeah, you're right. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> we shouldn't hold grudges with anybody. <laughs> All right. So let me ask you this. Um, sorry, you got. Let me get. Let me let you throw one of those 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 challenging questions at him. Yeah, let's get let's get one more. In well, you, you talked about like kind of having connections on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, how is it being in a room with Black Republicans? Let's see here. So, I would say this. I think a lot of the older ones I've met, I think you get mixed opinions. So I think there is a definite, let's say, archetype of black Republican who's like hey I'm smarter because I didn't buy into the brainwashing and can it and can be a little dismissive and I think that but I think that has come from them feeling like outcast from their own people right so it's a response to them feeling like they're not accepted and then I think you got a lot a lot of them are just pure business owners you know or, or military or just um, you know people who are like hey I'm a Christian and so it, the other party doesn't align with I don't think many many people I think there's a lot of people it's not like that you're so drastically different because what you believe in politics and I feel like that's another thing I don't like that I feel like the progressives try to perpetuate this stereotype that people who are on the right-leaning side are so drastically different. But let's remember, statistically, 40% of the country leans to the right. 40% of the country leans to the left, and the remainder are in the middle. So a good portion of people are right-leaning, you know. Um, You think it's 40 and 40? It is. It's it is. 40 left and 40 right? It's 40-40, yep, with the, with the other remaining is in the middle. That doesn't make sense. The data shows it. Are you serious? 100%. I would, think they'd, be, you... I would think they'd be more in the middle. Uh, it's, it's right-leaning. Leaning. How, oh. how far to the right oh. are you leaning is variation. Oh, okay, okay, So okay. let's say the 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock, right? Uh-huh. Okay. One o'clock is slight right, eleven o'clock slight left. 
Yeah, most people probably exist with 12 o'clock being the absolute middle. Okay. Most p- people probably would be anywhere from like, you know, 3 o'clock to, or, you know, in between 2 and 3 and in between 10 and 11 over. You okay. know, that's the biggest portion of the pack. Okay, okay, okay. I got you. All right. All right. That makes sense. Okay. I can live that. Okay, but it's equal people who are center left and center. but America is a center right nation at the end of the day I think a lot of millennials don't grasp that but if you look at it every time America goes far to the left we overcorrect back far to the right so if you look at Carter you know Carter came in he was very progressive you have Reagan who comes in right behind him we have President Obama because um, it, it seems like to me the trend goes you know we veer off well not veer but we veer super left and then from that we're going to have about 20 years of right wing so you have uh, Reagan then Bush then Bill Clinton because Bill Clinton was a center right Democrat <laughs> okay yeah then you had Bush yeah. and then you had a President Obama who goes back to the left and he was pretty centrist on a lot of things but he was more progressive in the healthcare initiatives and a lot of the social things Right. And then you swing it back to the right with a Trump. And so I think next you'll have a Pence, a Nikki Haley. You better not These are my perceptions. I think I think Pence wins. No. I think he does. <laughs> no. I wonder why that is. Do you think it do you think it's um please don't. I think it's the nature I think that you have um people growing up. I think well, no, I think I America's think roots and religion. Think, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So you know, when you when you first get to vote, you're probably On a left. lot leaning a lot more left than you grow up and pay taxes, you have bills, and yeah, you pay taxes, <laughs> and a family, and you so, have a family, you become yeah. more self interested, and and you tend to um, want people to take more responsibility. So I think that's what it is, I, and I think I, America's. I agree, but I just feel like. My mother-in-law is like persistent tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I guess I'm a little more liberal, um, but I just can't see a pants man. He is <laughs> honestly. He scared I tell you me. how this. He scared I'm me more than Trump. I'm gonna tell you how he wins. He wins because the economy starts ripping even crazier. And he gets it just like George Bush did after Reagan. No. The economy is crazy. There's more peace in the earth. No, there's not more peace. There's more (laughs) rhetoric. Oh, more peaceful rhetoric. There's more rhetoric right now. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, there was a lot of conflict under President Obama. He was droning a lot of people, but people didn't notice it. I mean, I I think, you know, and so here's, here's, I think, how... This is how I think Trump won. Okay, and and it's not like it's. I'm not saying anything that people. I don't think people know, but I don't know how many black people have said it. So, there's a population that I do believe has been ignored. And they're the largest population. The largest population. It's the white male. Um, It's the rural white male. Rural white male. Because there's 50, was it 49% of the country lives in rural America and like. And, 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 and to a, you know, so, you know, everyone looks at the white male as, okay, you've had it all these years. America is your country and this and this and that. But the rural white male, you know, they may have had, they may have had, they may have land. But I mean, you look in some areas and that land 
it's not even it's just out there it's like there's not even it's not even fertile for anything they're not even make, making any money off of it for real for real you know they have taxes on that land or something like but that but they also have a low anything. cost right huh they have a low living cost they have low living cost but they also don't have any sort of you know some of the benefits that some minorities get my women whether you're looking at minority women that's assuming that they own the land yeah you know what i'm saying if, if they say well, if, a lot of people if do. they if they got it it's probably passed down to them right generational yeah, right? but there's a lot of black people who own land in rural america yeah. as well yeah so it's rural america i mean you, yeah mm-hmm. you got plenty of you know people who got that you know from their grandparents whatever like that but there is no affirmative action for them uh there is no you know, minority, like no, no business, like, you know, contract, like, mm-hmm. up, you know, it, it, anything kind of like adjusting, there's nothing Equalizers. designed for them. Sure. Right. So, you know, you have, and there's no, there's no attention given to them because, um, they look, we look at white America and white males in America specifically as those who have got the upper hand for so long. But those rural white come from, a lot of times may come from generations of poor white. Or working class. Or working class. But they haven't reaped the benefits of the wealthy white. I also think that there's not a clear enough distinguishment of working class because it's like working class and middle class. I remember seeing this when I was younger and I didn't grasp the difference. It's different. But working class oftentimes makes more money than middle class. Yeah. But working class is trade based. And so working class has been harder, hit harder by globalization Mm -hmm. because it's such a specialty Mm -hmm. versus educated middle class. You could probably transition easier into something else. Yes. Yes, I mean they would, but I mean some of those places, some of those the, the working class where people got pensions. Sure. You know. Hence why a lot of that group voted Democrat. Right. So I mean I think there's there's a, I mean I think that's how basically how Trump won. The, the problem I think that people really have with Trump, okay, mm-hmm. besides his Trump's character <laughs> is flawed like a mug. And I think that's mm-hmm. what it comes down to, is that people, he is an embarrassment for a lot of people to be the representation of America. And he represents what we say is wrong. But not what we glorify. Right. We had this, so I, the, the, the thing I always hear is, President Obama is who Americans want in their, want to be in their dreams, and Donald Trump is who we are in reality when we look in the mirror. He's not me when I look in the mirror. But, but I get what you say. <laughs> I mean, the fact that Kim Kardashian is yes, one of the biggest yes, celebrities. You're right. The you're fact right. that you're reality right. TV shows are you're the right. biggest pastime. You're right. You're Trump. Right. It, they, he's what we glorify. It, You're right about that. He's what we glorify. Right. He's arrogant. He talks trash. Mm-hmm. He, he says brash. what he wants to say. He says that he, he bullies. Those are everything that Americans love. He doesn't love. apologize. He doesn't apo- Those are everything that Americans love. You know. So is it a surprise? It's, you know what? I don't know if it's what Americans love. It's what we eat up. Okay. <laughs> love. I, I think love's a good word. It is what you we love. Because it's even the people that. I, I hate the car. Hate him. They love for him to do something that they, you know, they don't know how to function without being angry most of yes. the time. He it. provides a catalyst, even if it's like you love him or you hate him. You feel and some like sort of said, way. He makes you feel something. He makes something. you feel some sort of and way. And that's what Americans need, because 
Hillary Clinton didn't make people feel anything, like no. except people didn't like her. Trump makes you clearly say, I either like he makes the binary choice. Mm-hmm. Either and people prefer to like him or despise him. Exactly. And if you like him, you probably like him a lot. Jeremy, do you like Trump? I think he's been a good president so far. He's been a good president. Do you I think he's been a good, agree good with, human being? I don't agree with his character. So you don't think he's a good human being? You just think he's a good I don't person. know the man's heart, right? That's not my place From to what judge you see. anybody's. I think he's a self-interested. So, all right, let me let me give you this analogy. I was having this discussion with someone the other day. See, Zuri, that's a tough question. I just hit him with a tough mm-hmm. one. You did. <laughs> um, but here, here's my thing. So I said to this person, I said, you know, I predicted he was going to win. Um... I don't have any children, so that might be why his behavior isn't so appalling. Doesn't shock me um, because I f- I'm a realist and I feel like he's what America really wants based off of what we glorify. Yeah. But here's the thing: I say, I say, all right. If you look, take take a step back, and you look at this objectively, a man who's a billionaire who's already rich, what does what does he really want at this point? What would be, at this point, what would be his ultimate dream? To be the most powerful man in the world. But he's got that, so he, he's hit that. So at this point, what what else is there left for him to accomplish? Um, Like, are you serious? Like, real talk? Real talk, yeah. What do you think in his head would be the last, the last thing that he now is like, all right, I basically completed everything. Because he's got to feel that way. Yeah. But he has one thing left that's bigger than him. To become a god. So, yeah, I mean, I think... what he be assassinated? (laughs) (laughs) I like what what you're thinking, Zuri. What what I think it is, is where he's operating now from is his legacy, right? And so, to me, Donald Trump has one dream that can be realized at this point and that would be for his face and name to be on US money and the only way his face and name it sounds so right right. because it makes the only way his face and name will be on US money and that means we will remember him forever he has to be a great president and that's why that's his motivation and so I think that's where he's gonna come from and so you think he's gonna so you think he's gonna she's gonna he's gonna he's gonna take like He's going to trend upwards. Like, he's going to, some things we're going to start seeing some changes. Well, we already have. I mean, he's taking on, people can agree or disagree with his perspective. But what you can't disagree on is the man is running after the tough challenges, addressing North Korea, addressing healthcare costs, addressing, addressing China. He's addressing things that are big elephants in the room. And I think that comes from having a more private sector mentality as opposed to a government mentality. And so, I mean, we agree he wants to be on money, right? There's I only agree. One way you I get, agree. There's only one I way agree. you get on money. I agree. I agree. There's only I mean, one way you get there. I t- listen, you know what I mean? You, you, listen, if you are good at what you do, bro. <laughs> Appreciate listen, that. Anyone who's listening out there, <laughs> Jeremy, tell me what it is that you do again, so that way, if they if they're uh, looking for that service, I do uh, <laughs> marketing. I uh, work on a lot of campaigns. I help candidates, you know, market their message. 
talk to people in terms that they will understand where they're coming from. All right. And what's that other thing you do? Do data, data analytics? Uh, data analytics, yeah. So, you know, a lot of the targeting will be of some of my uh, clients that will be like, hey, what are people talking about on social media channels? How can we utilize that to understand them and also put our message out there? You can, um, we can put your, your, your advertisement up or something like that. It'd be honored sure. to do so, man. Um, and so a website, uh, I have two you, companies. Tell, them, tell me yeah. info, tell me info. So two companies, uh, we have the web marketing company, that's John Rich Media. So that's johnrichmedia.com. And they also have a cryptocurrency education company called Janice Research. That's J-A-N-I-S research.co. And with that, we teach people about cryptocurrencies, what to look for, what, you know, what opportunities exist. Uh, and that's the industry I'm really, we're really uh, delving deep into and uh, gaining some ground in as well. Fantastic, fantastic. Guys, hope you really enjoyed the show. Um, get up there on that uh, sound munchies. Go ahead and vote. Uh, hashtag. For me. <laughs> I was good for my little plug in too. Good one. That was a good one, sir. Make sure you guys check us out. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Listen, comment, share, um, and definitely tell us what you think about today's episode. Um, and also, you can follow us on Twitter at Discomfort Food or hit us up on Facebook at Discomfort Food as well. If you have any comments or questions or just want to reach out to us and drop us a note, you can always email us at email us at Discomfort Food, discomfort.food at gmail.com. All right. Power to the people. Y'all be blessed. One.